0: All right, welcome everybody to another episode of Martial Arts MedCast. This is our third episode. It's been a long time since we've been on here. Um, I'd like to welcome my special guest here, Dino Del Mastro, Master of uh, Chiropractic Medicine. And uh, he does uh, pr- uh, practices up in the Bay Area. Um, he's cracked my neck a couple times and you know, did some adjustments and felt good. Got me back on track. So you can just start with uh, just a little of your background, a little about yourself. Absolutely. So, um, background
1: wise, which this is why I'm super happy to be on this podcast. This is right in my wheelhouse. Um, my story began, I started doing judo and wrestling. I grew up back in Pennsylvania when I was five years old. I started both those sports. Long story short, had a, a whole bunch of injuries, which if you, if you care to talk about those, I can talk about those later on. Um, had a whole bunch of injuries, ended up deciding to become a doctor of chiropractic. So I went to graduate school out in San Jose, California, where I got my doctorate degree in chiropractic, um, been practicing for coming up on 11 years now, long time. And um, I actually just finished up a postgraduate degree at University of Pittsburgh in spine rehab. So um, wow. yeah, so that, that's that's my background. We got martial arts, we got medicine, and here we yeah, are man. on the
0: Very cool, man. Thank you for being here. And you're from Pittsburgh, right? You grew Absolutely. Up- okay. Yep. Yeah, I saw you take a fishing trip back there. And I'm like, man, I miss, I miss that. Like, mid- I know it's not midwest but the fishing back back home man
1: yeah just getting out and seeing some land and some rivers and some forests it's always fun It's
0: really nice You obviously train martial arts currently you're still correct playing? yeah so well
1: not right now with covid um but g- generally speaking um yeah so i'm a purple belt in brazilian jiu-jitsu and uh i took a little bit of a hiatus but i more or less started jiu-jitsu in 2008 Um, from about 2012 to 2016 I was very very um, on and off with it and then since
0: 2016 until now I've been sticking with it pretty consistently again. Very cool man yeah so I mean obviously that's why I I respect anybody that anybody that trains uh, jujitsu I mean it's obviously it's like our little cult and our little you know you automatically have that like common with each other Um, but anybody that is in healthcare or well specifically you well, physical therapists chiropractors that train and then also treat you know the patients and train the you know we you treat the martial artists artists so you you really have like the whole picture which is really nice you know you know you're like oh they come in with an injury you're like of course i know you got neck cranked or whatever whatever it was you know absolutely
1: yeah i think um You know especially if you really want to specialize with with a category of um anyone they could be a golfer they could be um an online gamer um any type of athlete any type of sport any type of activity someone's doing if you really want to build a community of you know you're treating those types of injuries i i think it's extremely important for you as a therapist chiropractor to to have a good knowledge based on how these injuries came about so definitely gives me a little, little bit of an advantage when it comes to working on the martial arts, uh, community and population.
0: Absolutely, man. Well, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, I obviously started martial arts med connecting the two. I'm in, you know, bringing the self-defense in the hospitals. It's like, I see what these like how the situation scenarios could arise and then how, right. you know, the nonviolent approach to self-defense there. But on your end, you're also connecting your two worlds as well. You're still training. You get to train. I'm sure sometimes with your, you know, with your clients and everything, which is very cool. Um, But I guess I want to ask, you know, what are some of like the common injuries that you see in martial arts injuries specifically?
1: Absolutely. Um, So with martial arts, um, I would say if I could give you my three most common injuries, number one would probably be low back pain, uh, I see lots of low back pain, and especially where, where I'm at, Chuck, um, I know a lot of places in the United States have a lot of tech workers, a lot of people on on computers. I am right in the heart of Silicon Valley. I can throw a rock from my office and hit Netflix. So not only a lot of people when they're training, you know, if we're talking about wrestling, jujitsu, um, kickboxing, training, getting into this kind of crouching ready position, uh, but also that's the position they're all in all day at work. So that tends to put a lot of wear and tear on the low back and You know, you sit all day, you're on the computer, and then you go to roll, and most of the time you're rolling, whether you're in the neutral stand-up position, you're in someone's guard, you have someone in your guard, if you kind of take a still shot of it and just tilt that picture upright, they're still in that seated position. So, number one would probably be low back. Uh, Number two, just neck pain in general, and, you know, there's specific diagnoses within neck pain but uh, neck pain would be number two. And then number three, which is my least favorite to see because it tends to be a more traumatic injury um, is, is knee pain and knee injuries in specific.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I can see that. So like what, what specifically with knees are you seeing? Like what ligaments um, and I'll just relate in jujitsu, for example, like what are you seeing the most of?
1: Yeah. So in jujitsu, I see a lot
0: of LCLs in
1: particular, Some MCLs, I see a lot of LCLs. And I think that the reason for that is that MCLs that we're standing are, that we're seeing a lot of, are from some trauma. And again, I'm going to try to talk this in common talk um, some trauma to the outside part of the knee. So if we're starting standing up and someone goes to grab my knee or someone shoulders into the side of my knee, um, that could really damage the medial collateral ligament on the inside. And then the secondary, the LCL, which I personally was a victim of, uh, I think in fall of 2018, um, I went to to put a strong body triangle on someone. And just that force of bringing my knee from here across my opponent's body and locking it in, uh, I was going with a big, strong guy, and he bridged, and I thought the seam of my pants ripped uh, <laughs> until I felt the pain on the outside of my knee. And then that was LCL. So... Uh, a lot of MCLs and LCLs, and generally when someone comes in, they tell me they heard a pop and there was some sort of trauma, uh, I'm kind of happy to tell them it's either an LCL or an MCL versus an ACL or PCL, which then, you know, that's going to be a much longer uh, rehab and recovery.
0: How do you kind of know the difference, like, between the two? I mean, besides location, you know, like, is right. there any other indicators? Yeah, so generally the the mechanism of injury Um, And this is where understanding the sport, like we
1: talked about, is super important for me. So if someone says, hey, you know, my knee really hurts, before they even point to where it hurts, if they can explain to me how that injury occurred, oftentimes based on the torque of the knee, I have a pretty good idea from the start before we even start our orthopedic eval of of what I'm probably
0: dealing with. One thing that comes to mind that I always, I've popped my knee a couple times. I mean, usually it's always been kind of uh, pretty mild, but I'll, I'll be in De La Hiva. And yep. the guy like leans forward or drops his weight. And my knee, you know, is just like perfectly, just cut it, you know, almost not a heel hook, but I guess it's, it's turning inward and in outside yep. of my knee, you know?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. That, 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 that'll do it. And I've seen exactly those injuries and with those a lot of times also Chuck, we will get some meniscus involvement, which, uh, you know, that, that's, that's not my favorite one to uh, be the bearer of bad, bad news when someone comes in with a knee injury on.
0: And the, the meniscus tear is that's, I mean, that's something obviously if it's not causing you. I mean, actually, this is something I reached out to you about, right? I mean, yep. before we yep. ever met. Absolutely. Um, I have problems with my, uh, both meniscus, um, on my, I believe it's my medial meniscus on my left knee. And yep. then Um, actually, on both knees, medial, but, uh, we kind of talked about some things and you're like, if you're, if it's not locking, And, you know, if it's not a full tear, what are some of the things like you're like, okay, you should definitely get treatment versus, you know, actually uh, like things that you can kind of manage on your own.
1: Right. Well, first off, Chuck, I would always check the timeline on it because we want to try to treat things conservatively whenever that's possible, right? Um, So, you know, if you hurt your knee last night, the first thing I might want to do is maybe have someone like a physical therapist, a chiropractor, even your primary care doc, take a look at it primarily just to rule out those major things like an ACL or a PCL. Now, if it comes to it and you think, okay, you know, it's been a couple days, it's starting to feel a little bit better. I can walk, I can fully extend my knee, I can fully bend it. um, Then that's usually a pretty good indicator that you're going to bounce back from this injury. And with that being said, rehab is definitely going to be important. So that's where working with someone like myself would be tremendously beneficial, not only to to get that injury better, but also to prevent it from happening again. Because a lot of times, sometimes it'll be a freak in- incident, but a lot of times these injuries occur and they're very preventable. So kind of knowing what to do to, to tighten up that weak link is always super important from the rehab protocol
0: side. So what are some of the preventative measures for knee injuries specifically?
1: So I would say the best thing, and this is going to be the same answer for any of the injuries that I talk to any of my patients about is going to be warming up properly. So when I talk to a new patient, in my, my favorite patients are the ones that come in not injured, the ones that say, hey, you know, I want to, my goal is I'm a blue belt in jujitsu. I want to go to Masters World 2021. Um, I want to come home uninjured if I can with a couple wins under my belt. What should I do to try to not, get injured throughout this process, stay injury free so that I can get to that competition. I can perform at my best. And I would say right away, um, history of injuries. So, okay, let's say, you know, Chuck, you were a soccer player in high school, let's say. And, you know, yeah, you know, I did, I, I did tear my ACL. I had an ACL surgery and, you know, my back hurts occasionally. All right, after that, the first thing I would do is gonna take a look at how somebody's body moves. So whenever you're working with, whether it's a chiropractor, a physical therapist, Um, many, many personal trainers even are trained in corrective exercise, watching the way that someone's body moved can really give me a lot of information and feedback in terms of, okay, what areas are they super strong and stable in? And what areas am I not really loving the way that their knee moves and not really loving the way that their back moves? And now what exercises can we show that person to try to cinch that weak link up so it doesn't become injured as they're training at a higher and higher level of intensity.
0: Okay. So you're kind of checking imbalances and so would you say like muscle weakness alone in certain areas and neglect of those specific muscles could cause injury?
1: Absolutely. Big time because depending on our lifestyles and how our body moves, once again, I'll I'll go back to in this area, I see a lot of people who sit all day for work. So right away when someone's sitting, I can almost guarantee you that their glutes are going to be a little bit, let's say underactive. Um, and there are things that you want to do in your warm up that can basically wake those glutes up, get those fully activated, which would really help take a lot of stress off of both the, the low back and the knees. So really important to kind of take into account old injuries that you've had. And then also, if you have someone that you can refer to, someone that you work with, um, doing an appropriate movement screening, which will then give me a lot of instant feedback on, okay, how's your body moving? What areas are underactive what areas are overactive and what do we need to strengthen to help stabilize and prevent future injuries
0: what are some injury prevention techniques I guess just a quick and dirty a few exercises that you can do that would be helpful yeah so let, let me give you um just the the
1: real it back in the history on um why I realized that it is extremely important that I do these all the time from just my own background so uh i mentioned that i grew up doing wrestling and judo i had a a whole bunch of injuries three of those injuries were full acl and meniscus reconstructive surgeries so i have had three full acl reconstructions so now even when i go to jujitsu i will show you my three things that i do every single time as soon as i get there just because i know moving forward i don't want to have a fourth one And if it's be if I end up having a fourth one and I end up injuring my knees again, it's something that could have been prevented. I am going to be so upset with myself. So every single day, I'll show you real quick. When I go in to jujitsu practice, the first thing that I'm going to do here, Chuck, right away is I'm going to start just balancing on one leg. So immediately at the beginning of practice, I'm doing this, even just while I'm talking to my buddies, everyone's warming up just to get all of the stabilizing muscles in my ankle, calf and knee awake and alive and ready
0: so you're just standing standing on one leg
1: literally just standing on one leg and okay. chuck i tell people this is bu- this is my pre warm so this is before the group warm-up um even if i get there if i have two two minutes i'm going to start by balancing on one leg if i have a little bit of extra time i'm going to stand on that one leg and i'm going to do some side reaches so i'm going to reach out to the side here and I'm going to reach just backwards. So balancing, just a little reach. And when I'm reaching sideways like this, I'm trying to squeeze the side of my glute here. And when I'm reaching backwards, I'm trying to squeeze my glute max right here.
0: So and you, the reasons that we're – go ahead, say that. I was going to say, when you say squeeze, you're are you really focusing on you're flexing that muscle when you're yes. engaging that specific muscle? Absolutely. And the reason for that specifically is because that's waking up my glute.
1: So once again, if you're working with someone who's a cubicle dweller, you know, they're working on a computer all day, they're doing podcasts for several hours throughout the day, um, they're coming to to train and their glutes are asleep. They can be strong, but they're asleep. So those two exercises, balancing is good for just general stabilization. Okay, where's my body in space? Where do I want it to be? And then the glute, so when I reach the side, I'm getting more glute medius activation. Um, which is going to help with my knees specifically. And then when I do the reach back, I'm getting more glute max activation. And that's going to help me also control the knee. But now we're starting to look up the kinetic chain to the low back. Okay. And the last thing that I like to do, Chuck, is simply here, I'll just do a slow lowering squat. Once again, I'm pushing my knees apart. And then I'll kind of hang out in this position here where what I'm doing with my elbows is I'm pushing my knees out. I'm trying to keep my back up nice and straight. So here I'm getting a little bit of a groin stretch, but I'm also kind of loosening up my knees and I'm gonna bounce back and forth on that a little bit. So all of these things, again, when I when I see people when I go train somewhere and okay, let's let's just roll. No warm-up. I'm like, ah my like, geez, like I I get it, like be ready for anything, but at the same time, um, so many injuries are preventable if you just take a couple of these little precautions and for right. each one of those, let's say 30 seconds, 30 seconds. 30, I mean, we're talking, what, three to four minutes total for a warm-up that that way later on in training, if you do get injured, you know that you did everything you could to try to prevent it.
0: All right, man, that's that's pretty good. I mean, obviously, you should spend more time than that warming up, though, correct, you would say, generally?
1: Absolutely. So, so once again, this is kind of my um, specific injury prevention. So if you're watching this or you're listening um, or if you're like, chuck or myself and you have again my number one question do you have any previous injuries if you have previous injuries do the whole class warm-up do the regular warm-up it's good for your whole body but knowing okay i need to spend at least three to four minutes before i even start the whole group warm-up working on tightening up, tight tightening up the weakest link in my kinetic chain
0: i think that's great um you could the pre-warm-up to the warm-up yeah because i will say you know for me specifically i've hurt my back in warm-ups um, yeah, you know, and it was cold. I was cold. And we started doing judo entries for like, uh, I'm not sure what throw it was. But it was just we were loading somebody you right. know, on our hips. And I was like, oh, okay, like, I'm not warm, but cool. I just had well, I came late to the warm up as well. So that didn't- <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Off to a bad start. Yeah, it was not good. Uh, so all I right. jump in there and I get maybe the biggest guy too. He has he's already like you know two seventy five. I'm like cool, all right. And I I start loading him and within about maybe four times we're going down the you know down the mat and I just felt my lower back just kind of start to get tight and then it was just like you know that the start to an injury and then yeah. I'm like all right that that's gonna hurt tomorrow.
1: So. Yep, exactly. And then what happens after that, then you can't train for a few weeks, right? So, yep. um, you know, the, the more proactive we are with injury prevention and just kind of knowing what our weakest link is, the more we get to train and everybody likes that. So I always tell people injury prevention is also performance enhancement.
0: I have a question specifically, I'll ask you about a recent injury and this could also help with like the warm up idea as well. I didn't warm up, went straight into rolling. Um, I went down, I had somebody in closed guard. um, And when I went, I had reached down for a guillotine, and I kind of did a side crunch. And when I crunched down, I was really tense, uh, because I was really kind of going for it. And I felt a little pop in my ribs. And after that, I mean, that hurt forever. Like, I I can still feel it a little bit. But in terms of rib injuries, like what's your, uh, because rib injuries are also something huge. And then it's like, they're very difficult to treat, right? Super, super
1: common. I'm treating three of my pro MMA fighters uh, right now who are all suffering with rib injuries. And uh, you know, sometimes de- depending on what your sport it, sport is, there's nothing you can do about it. You know, if you're if you're a high level kickboxer and you got a fight in Bellator in two weeks, and your sparring partner needs you in the ribs, your ribs are going to get injured. That's just the nature of the beast. But um, especially with grappling types of sports, we do have a little bit more ways of, of decreasing the likelihood of us having a rib injury, since it's sometimes from blunt force trauma, but often a little bit self-induced as well. Okay. Now, for something like that, Chuck, where you mentioned you had him in a guillotine, you crank down. Um, I'm very, very big on thoracic mobility. So whenever your T spine gets locked up, what's your thoracic spine connect to? All your ribs. So in order to help prevent an injury to the ribs, a lot of times I'll have people go over a few just basic thoracic spine mobility drills just to get that T-spine wrung out. Because again, in our adult lives, like, you know, we'll, we'll check our blind spot or, you know, we might reach over to pick something up, but then we go to train and, you know, we're holding, we're twisting, and now we're under force and we're trying to get to perhaps a range of motion that we haven't seen in a week, in two weeks or in two months. So, uh, definitely working on thoracic mobility and that rotation can be helpful in injury prevention for ribs.
0: Great, man. And I think, you know, we can kind of, uh, I think this was great and I want to, like I said, you know, keep this, you know, these episodes pretty short, I'd love to hear, you know, if you had, have anything else to say to the listeners and drop your social media and all that. Yeah, for sure. So,
1: uh, anyone who's listening first off, you know, thank you and, and thank you Chuck for, for having this. Uh, hopefully, you know you were able to maybe relate to something that Chuck and I talked about or pull a tip out of there. but yeah, just kind of staying on top of things and trying to stay stay in the game as long as you can uh, by doing little injury prevention types of tips. So moving forward if there's anything that I can help you with or even if you're looking for a recommendation in your area, um, I also do lots of virtual visits nowadays with people from all over the place, which is kind of fun because I can, you know, meet people that normally wouldn't have access to my office and help them stay injury-free, uh, the first place to check out would probably be my Instagram, which is going to be at Dr. D-R-D-I-N-O. You'll probably see me after that, but it's at Dr. Dino Del Mastro, D-C-P-S-B. So lots of letters, but again, my name is spelled Dino, D-I-N-O, like a dinosaur, uh, Dino Del Mastro. And uh, if you can't find me, then just click on this podcast. I'm sure uh, later on down the road, Chuck will add that to social media. So feel free to reach out. Again, whether it's me helping you directly or me pointing you in the right direction, uh, I'm happy to hear from anyone who listened to this. Awesome, man.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. And you've been helpful since the beginning, since we met. And you know, I really appreciate you. And I think you're, what you're doing is great. Anybody who's listening, Dino knows what he's talking about. And you know, the treatment that you did give me when I came through the Bay Area, I felt a lot better after it and i had i was skeptical not so much skeptical of chiropractors there were some things there but you really instilled my confidence in in you know chiropractic medicine and you know what it can offer not only sports but you know just anybody out there that has an injury well, we're going to wrap up this episode thank you everybody for listening and stay healthy out there